Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. As you may know, I am your host, Philip Anthony, and my beautiful co-host. Let's talk about sacred expressions, art and ritual, and African spirituality. African beliefs and spiritual practices are incredibly diverse, varying across different ethnic groups and regions. However, there are some common themes that often find expression in African art. Ancestral worship and commemoration. Beliefs in many African cultures, the veneration of ancestors is a foundational aspect of spiritual and cultural identity. The belief revolves around the idea that the spirit of the deceased family members continue to exist and maintain a connection with the living. The breakdown. Ancestral guidance. Ancestors are seen as wise and benevolent beings who possess uh, knowledge and experiences that can guide their living descendants. They are regarded as protectors and advisors offering support and wisdom in times of need. Ancestors are considered the connection between the living and the divine realms. It is believed that they have direct lines of communication with higher spiritual forces or deities, making them influential in seeking blessings, protection, or divine intervention. The veneration of ancestors is a means of maintaining familiar bonds across generations. Ancestors are thought to continue caring for their descendants and rituals uh, or ceremonies are conducted to honor them and remember them, fostering a sense of continuity and interconnectedness. Various rituals, ceremonies, and offerings are performed to honor and appease the ancestors. These practices can include libation, prayer, dances, and the creation of artistic objects. African art often includes depictions of ancestors in the forms of sculptures, masks, and figurines. These representations may emphasize certain Focal or facial features and symbolic elements to capture the essence of the ancestor spirit. Ancestral veneration contributes to the preservation of cultural identity and heritage. By honoring ancestors, communities reinforce their unique traditions, values, and st- social structures, passing them down through generations. Sculptures, masks, and figurines are created to honor the ancestors. These uh, artworks often depict stylized human figures uh, or faces symbolizing the spiritual presence and guidance of the ancestors. 
Connection to Nature and Spirits In many African beliefs, nature is not merely a connection of elements, but is seen as a direct manifestation of the divine. Various natural features such as trees, rivers, mountains, and animals are believed to embody spiritual forces and energies. Spirits are thought to inhabit these natural elements, and each may have a distinct identity, purpose, or symbolism. The interconnectedness between the spiritual and natural realms is a fundamental aspect of these belief systems. African art often serves as a visual language to express the profound connection between people and the spiritual essence of the natural world. Sculptures, masks, and artwork frequently incorporate depictions of animals that hold symbolic significance. These animals may represent specific spirits, embody qualities like strength or wisdom, or serve as totems for particular clans or communities. Hey, you have a totem. Yes, I do. Certain plants, trees, and elements from nature are incorporated into artistic creations to convey spiritual meanings. The choice of materials and the way they are crafted often hold symbolic importance, connecting the artwork to the belief in the spiritual vitality of nature. Masks play a prominent role in many African cultures, serving both ceremonial and spiritual purposes. These masks often feature stylized representations of ants, plant, uh, animals, plants, and or spiritual um, felicitation or connections with the divine during rituals and ceremonies. Traditional textiles frequently incorporate patterns inspired by nature. The intricate designs may symbolize specific animals or elements, contributing to a broader narrative that reinforces the spiritual significance of the natural world. The belief in nature as a manifestation of the divine and the artistic expression in African cultures often intertwine, with art serving as a means to visually communicate the deep spiritual connection to the natural elements and the spirits believed to inhabit them. Rituals and Ceremonial Objects Rituals are an integral part of African spiritual practices, making important life events, transitions, or connections with the divine. The Symbolism in color, shapes, and motifs on the mask convey specific spiritual messages. For example, certain patterns may represent particular deities or ancestral spirits, adding layers of meaning to the ritual. Sculptures are often used in rituals to embody spiritual beings, ancestors, or deities. They serve as a physical representation of the divine presence during ceremonies. The artistic expression and rituals objects involved a thought and intentional approach to craftsmanship, incorporating intricate patterns, symbols, and colors. These elements are not merely decorative. They carry profound spiritual significance, enhancing the overall uh, efficacy and meaning of the ritual and African spiritual practices. African art frequently employs symbols and abstract representations to convey deeper meanings related to spirituality, cosmology, and cultural identity. 
Geometric patterns, styled forms, and symbolic motifs are prevalent in the African art. These elements convey not only aesthetic beauty, but also carry layers of meaning that connect to spiritual beliefs and cultural traditions. Initiation and passage rites. Initiation ceremonies mark significant life transitions and are often tied to spiritual growth and community identity. Artistic expression artworks related to initiation rites, such as masks and sculptures, depict symbolic motifs representing stages of initiation. These pieces um, may be used during ceremonies to invoke spiritual energies and protect uh, initiates. African art serves as a visual language conveying the depth and complexity of spiritual beliefs and practices. It often reflects the interconnectedness of the spiritual, cultural, and natural realms within African society. In essence, the artistic expression in ritual objects is a reflection of a deep connection between the material and spiritual realms in African culture. These carefully crafted objects are not just symbols of cultural heritage. They are conduits for invoking spiritual energies, enhancing the efficacy of rituals, and maintaining a rich tapestry of traditions across generations. So, a lot of what we've read, I see in your art. Geometric shapes. Um... You show a lot of, it seems like a lot of traditional, um, traditional African, like, symmetry in your art. Have you noticed that? Mm-mm. I have not. I haven't noticed it, but thinking about my upbringing and just my surroundings growing up, it's very much a pan-African life. Right. And so even though I don't think it was intentional, that's just what I was surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And that's what innately I was feeling like naturally spoke to me or what I naturally just thought of when I created. Do you think that improves your art or hinders your art? Both. Elaborate. Well, it improves my art because artists can make or create from what they know. But it could hinder my, my sense of progression if I stick to one style. Hmm. And sometimes I grapple with whether or not it's my own innate voice or if it's just the voice of what I'm surrounded by. But there's also a fine line between what you experience with what your current situation is. Hmm. You can never escape your past. It only makes you either better or it only influences how you come about. Hmm. in the future so not to say that I want to stem away from the style that I have but I feel like with exposing myself to more information and more experiences it's likely that I can stem away or use it as a bolster to create or make sense of what it means to me but also how it connects to me as an artist does it feel like a ritual when you 
create these pieces? Yeah, I feel like I'm, I don't even want to say it like that because sometimes people who are creative can explain something and then it becomes pretentious. I'm, and, you know, I don't even want to judge it that way. But when I'm in a space of creation, I feel like I'm almost in a trance or mm. in a space that is not within my space. Mm. My mind goes somewhere else completely, especially if I'm in the zone of something. Because something that could take a week to two weeks or three weeks, I can finish in a day. Mm-hmm. It's like your consciousness is connected to the source when you're creating. Does it feel like that? Say that one more time for me. Your consciousness is connected to the source. When I mean the source, I mean that the source of where our consciousness comes from, the source that everything, the source that everything was created from, you know? Whatever it is, it's quite funny, but I notice that I can't just make work. Mm-hmm. I have to feel something in order to make something. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad by that because it's like, you ju- you know, as a creative that you want to make something your full-time career, mm-hmm. you got to make and make and make. My sense of creativity or the, or the reason why I do make something is not because I want to make, make, make and sell, sell, sell. That's the connection. It's because I feel something yeah. and I, I have to get it out. Mm. When I think of the source, right, I think of... the process or the processes of water evaporating, turning into clouds. Our physical right now, me and you, we're we're the clouds. Our consciousness evaporated from the source, which formed into clouds. And eventually, the rain will fall from the clouds and enter back in the source or let it be the ocean or a lake or whatever. And that's the source that connects us, that ocean or that lake. Going back to what we shared, and that was actually quite nice how you explained that, but going back to what we were discussing and something that kept coming up was African art or the word art Mm -hmm. when speaking about African art. Mm-hmm. But did you know that there's no word in an African language that is art? There's a word for creativity. Mm-hmm. There's a word for expression. But there's no distinct word for art. So with that being said, I feel like part of our culture is to naturally make things that are around us beautiful mm-hmm. that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So even these masks that people now put on for decoration on their walls... There was a purpose for that mask in our culture. Mm-hmm. Even the, the cute little spoons that people put on the walls, the baskets, anything that we created by hand, we knew that it was something that we wanted to experience. But with that experience, it's not we're just going to throw a spoon together. Mm-hmm. It's how do we craft it so that we are respectful of our nature, our natural habitat that we took that resource from and then created it into a resource for us to use. It has meaning. 
it has meaning. But then, then that word symbolism kept coming up when we were having discussion. Mm-hmm. Symbolism is defined as something that has a special meaning. There's nothing that we don't do as a people. I don't care what part of the countries we are as black people. Mm-hmm. There's always something that we create and make beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's just how we are. So I think with that conversation, sometimes I get a little bit, and I know it's change, right? But sometimes I get a little bit irritated when we categorize things that are African or it's African art or our form of expression as us being quote unquote artists. Mm. Because naturally, as the people who we are, we are already creative innately. Mm. It's not something that we categorize. But through the experiences of the Western world that we live in, here we go, because I know I'm about to go somewhere <laughs> that I shouldn't. Umar, let's go. Um, we now are categorizing things and making things labels when they don't actually need labels. Mm-hmm. Because already we're not trying to stand out and be special. It's already something that we have. We don't have to, sh- like, we don't have to call ourselves artists or creatives because naturally, culturally, it's something that we already have. Mm-hmm. But that whole bolster of making you put high on a pedestal for your career or like your, you know, these labels, these labels don't actually fucking matter. And the moment that we put those labels, it gives us pressure to want to constantly produce and want to constantly be out there as this thing or this creative person. When if we strip all of that away, being a creative is almost like a lifestyle. It's just something that naturally happens and it's part of your trait or your personality. And it's a gift, right? Because we all are born with a purpose or a mission in life. But the moment we give it a label, it either takes away from it's important from us mm-hmm. or it puts on pressure for us to constantly use it where it now becomes something that doesn't hold meaning, but it, it holds our livelihood. Creativity is not is as natural as breathing for us as a collective, as a diaspora. I believe that There's different levels to creativity. Um, Some people, like yourself, can create portraits out of images in your mind or being connected to that source. Some people, like myself, can think of ways to create with our hands like um whenever i'm faced with an issue that i have to like think outside of the box it's natural for me to think outside of the box to solve that problem mm-hmm. then you have creatives who are naturally gifted with math and arith- arithmetic mm-hmm. then you got creatives who are naturally gifted with words or you know, just there's just a, a a wide variety and a plethora of different types of creativity. I think that all of us, no matter where you come from, have this ability. We just have to figure out what that ability is, focus in on it, and practice. We're 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 actually born with that ability, but I think just this pressure of 
succumbing to a certain lifestyle or a certain environment. Mm. You're either told not to be that thing or it's not, you're not supported in that space, right? Because there's often a narrative about a certain, a certain gift that you have being something that's not enough for you to live off of. But this is what, where community is important because I, the guys that I grew up with, let's say, out of high school and to college, um, our passion at that moment was music and creating beats and going to the studio and rhyming over those beats. Um, of course, it didn't really lead anywhere because after a while we fell out of love with it. But having that community with the same goal and the same purpose helped foster that um, that confidence and that family feeling, you know. And I think that, yes, there will be a lot of people who will put their limitations on you, but if you can find that community within whatever you're trying to figure out or whatever art form, whatever whatever endeavor you're trying to pursue, it'll be more beneficial for you. You know, if you want to be um, a real estate expert, you have to go where the real estate experts are. If you want to be um, a professor, you have to learn under under the tutelage of a, a an established professor you have to have that community in order to pursue whatever you want to pursue that is key right it's key to have a sense of community or a network mm-hmm. but that doesn't take away from your your gift Mm-mm. sometimes people may confuse being in a space where you're known and everybody knows your name whereas someone who doesn't have their name out in the world may make amazing work but they Mm -hmm. haven't done the work to build connections or community Mm -hmm. to uplift them in spaces that they may not have had access to if they didn't go outside and it depends on what you're comfortable with if Mm -hmm. you want to have a well-known name that's great but if you want to create just for the sake of creating because it's therapeutic to Mm -hmm. you I think that's fine as well, too. I grapple with that a lot. Mm -hmm. Where I go into stages where I'm like, I got to do this. I got to, you know, work hard and put myself out there and be this whole time. And then other times I'm just like really happy having that sacred space of creation on my own. Right. Like I don't even want to share my work. Right. That's how special it is to me. Where I'm like, if I am allowing you to experience it, that's my gift to you. But Mm -hmm. really... I'm not making it for you. I'm making it for me to get over something or to figure something out or to just release. That reminds me of this lady. I forget her name, but Mm -hmm. she lived in New York and she was a street photographer and she never submitted her work to anywhere. She never tried to create any books or anything like that. She would just walk the streets of New York and take street portraits of random people and it wasn't until years later after her death that um this guy found all her um her film 
roles and develop them. I'm talking thousands and thousands of film roles, developed them, and it was really amazing work. But her meditation, her process, her therapy was just was just just to get out there and capture those photos. That was her happy place. That was her happy place. I mean, we even could say the same about amazing musicians that just never make it. Yeah. And some of them make the choice not to make it. Mm-hmm. Because after a while, it's like once you do hit it big, it takes away from the fun of it for yeah. most, for some people. Yeah. Where, I mean, I know a lot of artists don't like to be in the public eye, don't like to have the spotlight on them. It takes away from the process of creating. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends on the person. It, it, de- it depends on the person, you know. But... Whether you're recluse or want to be out there, I think some type of community is key. It's important. Mm -hmm. You know, in my mind, it's really, for me, I would be really depressed if I was just stuck in the attic somewhere painting and painting and painting and not going out to see the (laughs) sun shine or... You know, like for years, I'm just stuck in this attic in my own prison that I created instead of just going out and enjoying the community. Um, but it's artists who are, who are like that. They and just, it's funny, something like that brings me joy. Yeah. Send me up in the attic and tell me I can't do anything but be up in that attic for weeks. No, nah, I don't think you, you like to go out and about. No, but that's know, the man. thing, though. It's like you have your seasons because when I was in school in London... And, you know, they gave us a studio space and all this stuff. My ass was outside. Mm -hmm. Then I started panicking, but it's like I had moments where I was just like in the studio hard. And then it's almost like I need that duality where I'll be outside. But after a while, I don't want to be outside and I just want to be up somewhere. I don't see how. Well, I, I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a painter, but creating things outside of your own breeding bringing pieces visually outside of your own consciousness is extremely impressive to me right but i don't see how you can get the full richness of that if you're not going out to experience the world or experience Just going out to experience things. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe that's just my mind as a photographer. I got to go out and experience. But it's very impressive to me that some artists, like I said, can sit in that attic and just pull things out of their mind, out of their consciousness, out of thin air. To me, that it's like it's mind-blowing. It's not thin air, though. Because who said we're not experiencing? It's almost like, let's say, a, a, a dish sponge. Mm. You fill it up, you use the water, right? You're, you're actively using it to, to soak up things and clean up things or, you know, whatever with things. Then at some point you put it up on the counter and it's just dried out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's the same with the creative where it's like we, we are experiencing things. Even our own life story is a myriad of things. We encounter people. Mm-hmm. We experience, you know, 
things in our childhood, things in our current life. It's not that we're not going outside, but it's like there's also a time to sit up in that attic, be quiet, and interpret what's going on with your experiences or your surroundings. Mm. So it's not that we don't go out. It's like, okay, we've gone out, but now how do we internalize what we are experiencing? And how do we release that energy? That reminds me of um, something from the Bible, right? Mm. Out of everything in in that book, this is what resonates with me the most. It says, be still and know that I am God. The first step is to be still and let God or whatever the universe, whatever you want to call it, Allah, Yahweh, whatever, let God lead you or let God um, provide whatever you need. You know what I mean? But you got to be still. You can't be out and about or worried about what's going on the next day or in the past. It's like you got to be still. That's why I That's why I meditate a lot. And that's what I was about to say. Like, you do it too, right? Mm. You don't meditate and stay in the attic all day. No. It's like you meditate to internalize your energies that are coming towards you, but then also externalizing and releasing energies that you don't want. Or, Facts. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with painting. The same thing with painters. We just mm. meditate differently. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. But I, I like the whole idea of just being still. Um, what's really creepy to me, though, is I don't say this a lot because I don't want to sound like a creep, but I'm always looking. It's almost like I can look into people's souls mm-hmm. because I observe. And it's like, when I paint portraits, I can't always accurately paint someone's portrait. But if I really care about you, it'll show up, mm-hmm. like, realistically. But mm-hmm. I, it, it's hard for me to do that with every single person. Number one, I have to know the person. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have to feel something about that person. Otherwise, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. But I constantly find myself on a regular basis, like, every single day, looking at people. It's like... You ever, like, ride on a train on the metro, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at somebody that's, that just intrigues your interest. Yeah. And you visualize the type of person they are or you make up their story. Mm-hmm. And you actually make that connection with them that they may feel or may not feel. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about artists and especially with photography that Mm -hmm. was what got me into photography is to look at somebody uh, on a two-dimensional object a a computer screen or Mm -hmm. a print and visualize who this person is what type of person they are what's their backstory Mm -hmm. and just walking down the street and having conversations with people, random people. Um, even if I'm not doing photography or whatever, if I am don't even have my camera and I'm just walking down the street and I find somebody interesting, mm-hmm. sometimes I might strike up a conversation. Yeah. You know, and that 
in itself feeds my creativity because I'm gaining a little bit of their perspective and adding it on to my own. Mm -hmm. And it helps me create um, something that I may not have created if I just saw it from my own perspective. Yeah, I can dig that. But that's also the artist's curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. The creative curiosity where it's like it just naturally you're drawn towards people. So, I mean, like, if you do portraiture, you're naturally just drawn to people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think I really liked your artwork. Is because, for like, for some reason, you have an ability to actually depict someone as their true selves. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes people can take a photograph, but it doesn't really look like the person or it doesn't bring out the essence? Mm-hmm. But your work, it's like, you may not even know who the person is, but you can feel their beauty in, in the picture or the photograph. Like you show, it's almost like their true self show, but even if that person were to think I'm not that beautiful or even that person is to think I'm not that important, it's almost like you focus and highlight that inner beauty. Like, I don't know. It's almost like... I'll tell you exactly what it is and how I achieved that process. This is the key. This is the gem. The conversation. It's all a conversation. When we first met and did our photo shoot or whatever, if you don't remember, we did more communicating than me actually taking pictures. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember. And... That helps let down the guard. Because when people see a camera, they instantly tense up. Or when people book me for a photo shoot, they instantly tense up and create how they should look in their mind without being in their natural state. Mm -hmm. So that conversation of me getting to know you or whoever books me, me getting to know them, helps create that relaxed environment so I can capture who they really are. Yeah. I think that's helpful as well, right? Because you're, you're creating a sense of safety as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, there's a whole thing about photographers and not feeling safe around mm-hmm. specific photographers. That's the thing. You know, I don't know if you know. But to create a space where people can actually exude or be themselves is commendable you know what I mean like some it's like you're not asking for anything but to have a partner in creativity with that person for that moment mm-hmm. almost like an energy exchange it's mm-hmm. an energy exchange that's exactly what it is and so if you create a sense or a place of trust for that person who's trusting you to deliver the product of whatever your mission is with that person Mm -hmm. it ends up meshing well because there's a chemistry right in that immediate experience of the session or like your creative space Mm -hmm. I think everyone should do that not only photographers but every medium as well Mm -hmm. as if you're focusing on a subject person You speak to them, get to know them, 
you keep that curiosity up. And once you both feel comfortable, that's when you create. Yeah. I um, used to take this class. It was like drawing foundations. First year requirement for college. But we had to do live drawings and live paintings. And let me tell you, it was one of the most challenging courses, but one of the most where I saw my strength in drawing and what I was capable of doing mm. with a live person. But it's almost like that experience you have with photography in the space of drawing and creating, where it's like the person's right there, you know, like you have to have energies that are exchanging. They trust you enough because this was also like, either like a new course or like it's almost like we have an intimate experience as a class with this one person that's in the middle of the room literally just free where it's like you're no longer looking at that person as a person but a model or like um i'm looking for the word it's the connection a vessel right (laughs) a vessel but it's a connection and a sense of energy and like it makes sense what you're saying that's, yeah. that's where I'm trying to get at yeah I think that's a, a perfect place to end on um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't like labels either I don't like labels it just puts either. too much fucking pressure like for what I don't know if it's pressure per se it's just like why not why can't we just be you know just let us be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be African art, Jamaican art, European art, Rococo, Renaissance. It don't have to be none of that. Just let it be art. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I believe it's still pressure. It's pressure to confine someone in a box. Mm-hmm. When if you don't have a label, you can be open to more possibilities and more options and more stories that you can tell as a creative. Whereas if you get a title of something, it's like, well, you're just a portrait photographer. If I see you doing landscape, then what? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we shouldn't have labels because it can take us further than us thinking that we have to stick with one thing. That's why I think it's good for a photographer to dabble in painting, to dabble in other forms of art. Hey, Not me. Let, hold on. Hey, nope. Hey, I'm good. Hey. I know my because limitations. And then you're putting yourself in a box. I'm not putting myself in a box. I just know what I'm capable of. All right, people, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Like, share, subscribe, comment. It helps us get the podcast out there. And it'll help us create more intriguing and thoughtful podcasts for you guys. All right, people, peace.